0: So we said Matthew 14, didn't we? I'm sure we've all know know this story, don't we? All of us. But there's certain things I'd like to pick out. Um, You'll know that preceding this, Jesus had fed the five thousand men, plus women and children. And there was 12 baskets full left over from those few fishes and loaves. Now, Jesus, in verse 22, he, he constrained his disciples to get into a ship. So, obviously, they were c- close to the coast of, of, the, of the big lake, Gennesareth, or Galilee. It's the same lake see but he constrained them so he had a reason so he made them get in into the boat into the ship and to go and to go over to the other side while he sent the multitudes away to read in verse twenty two and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. So all the crowd had gone. Thousands and thousands of people. There were 5,000 men plus women and children. So imagine if most of them had two children. So I had... Do the, do the arithmetic or do the math as they say in America that's a lot of people isn't it so he sent them all away and made the disciples go away and because he wanted to get alone with his father and he went up into the mountain on his own and he was alone there when the evening came but the ship that the disciples were in was in the middle of the sea. Jesus had a reason behind. Jesus always has a reason for doing things. Always, he doesn't do anything without a reason. Sometimes we do things without a reason, don't we? Well, oh, why did I do that? Maybe you don't. Some of us do. But Jesus always has. A reason for everything he did. And th- they found themselves in the midst of the sea being tossed with the waves for the wind was against them, contrary against them. So if th- their sail would be up but they would blow blowing the other way and they couldn't make any headway in the ship. It was contrary to them. And you know our circumstances they're often contrary to us, aren't they? You know, Jesus wasn't there, was he? They were in the midst, in the middle of something, in the middle of the sea. And they were and wa- uh, the waves were tossing. But they were being tossed by the waves. You watched a lovely um, film the other day, we don't watch films very often, but we watch this lovely film based in Ireland, and uh, there was a man in a boat, and there was a young lady in the boat, and he decided to rock the boat with his feet like this while she was set, set at the back of the boat. Of course it was, she was terrified, because she thought they were going to go over any moment, because he was doing it for a reason, it was a sort of form of blackmail. But um, they were terrified. Would you be being in a boat, being tossed about? Trisha's nodding her head, and several other people are. now, I want you to pay real attention to what I'm saying now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them." He knew what was going to happen. He knew they're going to be tossed and frightened. Jesus had planned everything but he'd been there praying to God. Now the fourth watch, I don't know if you know about watches in the Bible, but there's eight watches in a day. You know it says about, I will set watchmen on the walls of Jerusalem in the Old Testament, they would watch for three hours, and then someone else would take over. other people would watch. So there's an eight watch times. Where do you think you get your na- the name watch from? Where do you think you get the name watch from? On your wrist? What's through? It's the time, you see? So these eight watches, Jesus came to them in the fourth watch, and that was between three a.m. and six a.m. We don't know when exactly, but he came to them in the fourth watch. And think, so, in in um, sort of tradition. That was the time, and I don't want to uh, spook you or anything, that's what the time people believed that uh, the demons had done all their wicked things at night and now were returning back. Um, and that is a sort of a the concept f- that they had in those days. You know, the, the shepherds watched their flock by night. That was a watch. You know, Jesus is the shepherd, and he... Talks about that sitting in the doorway of of the the fold, the shepherd would sit there, and someone else would maybe come and take over. So this was Jesus had been watching, hadn't he? And to prayer. He'd been watching, been watching with his father for all those hours on the mountain alone. And that little phrase there, Jesus went unto them. Now you think, well, I've got to go to Jesus, haven't I? You know, we hear, you know, come unto me, all ye labor, heavy laden, come to me. But this, I think, is wonderful. Jesus says, it says that Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And there's times. In our lives, we've got to let Jesus come to us in the midst of a situation we find ourselves in. Just be still. So we can't be still because the boat's rocking. Just let Jesus come to you. He wants to come to you in your situation, in your difficult situation, where you're being tossed by a tempest, where the wind is You're trying to make headway and you can't. And everything is contrary to you. Jesus came to them walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him, verse 26, walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit, or phantom is another translation. And they cried out with fear. So there's another lot of fear now. There was a fear of being drowned being thrown overboard, and then there was a fear that this was a spirit. Because I said to you before, at this time of the night, between three and six, people believed the spirits were active. That's what they believed, okay? Not saying we should believe it, but that's what traditionally they would have believed. So so maybe that's why they thought it was a spirit, because of that. But I guess if we saw someone walking on the lo- water in the middle of the night, of course it's dark. There's probably got lights on the ship, you know, oil lamps, two or three, on the ship. But I shouldn't there be lights that's between three and six in the morning in many places, even on the coast? They thought it was a spirit. And they were afraid. And um, as we read there, Peter answered, "Oh, Jesus said, I beg your pardon, in verse um, 27, and straight away Jesus spake to them saying, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. So they had the fear of being cast into sea, they had the fear of of this spirit that they thought was approaching them. Jesus said, Be of good cheer. It is I. And that word I is, well, in the Greek, would be emphatic. That means it's emphasized. It is I. Be not afraid. So obviously, Peter thought, Oh, well, if it's you, I'll come and walk on the water as well. Let's prove if it's you, Jesus. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And Peter was come down out of the ship. He walked on the water. Go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. Obviously he saw the the waves churning up. And began to sink. There's another fear. There's three lots of fear. There's a fear that they were all frightened because of the, they thought they were going to drown. There was a fear that it was a spirit. And then he was fearful then that he was going to sink, which he did. And he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt, or waver, could be another translation, or hesitate even, it could be translated that. So right in the middle of his circumstances, there was fear, wasn't there? Feared all around us. Feared of the sea. There was fear that it might be a spirit. And now he was fearful because he was starting to sink. What did he say in the midst of it all? And what would you say in the midst of your circumstances, my circumstances, when everything's against us? See, Jesus didn't leave them. He came to them. Jesus came to them. So, when we're in our sti- difficult circumstances, situation, everything seems to be, ag- and we feel we've no hope. I'm going to sink. The boat's going to sink. Everything's finished. Goodbye, life. Jesus came to them. He counts to come to you. And to me, in our circumstances, Jesus came to them. But unless we recognize him when he comes, not a spirit, it's Jesus. And he wants to come. He wants you to see that in the middle of your circumstances and situation, whatever it be, He's come to you already. And He just wants you to trust Him. You can walk on the water. When Jesus is in your circumstances, you can get above all of them. Even though the the waves are still boisterous, you can be above everything if you trust Jesus. If you recognize he's come to me in my circumstances because he loves me. And he's been waiting for these circumstances in my life so that he could come to me and show me what he's really like what he's really like. Not what I imagine him to be, but the real Jesus. Jesus came unto them walking on the water. And if Peter had trusted the Lord, he could have walked on the water all the way to him and walked all the way back to the boat and I want to say to you in in the name of Jesus Christ you can do the same if you just recognize he's, he's come to you he's come to your circumstances he's come to your life to save you Peter cried out Lord, save me. Not necessarily, we could change this into a a gospel message, couldn't we? But whatever our circumstances, we need to cry out to Jesus Christ, Lord, save me. Because He took His eyes of Jesus. And when we take our eyes off Jesus, we're going to sink. We're going to sink into the circumstances that we're in. We're going to sink into the boisterous sea. The But he made the circumstances. That's what we need to realize. He ordered the circumstances. It's not something that haphazard happens in our life. He Orders the circumstances so that we can come to this place and recognize Him for who He is. And He said, Oh, why did you doubt? Why did you waver? So maybe we should ask ourselves why did I doubt? Why did I waver? Well, the answer's there. O ye of little faith. O ye of little faith. Wherefore didst thou doubt? You know, Jesus wants us to trust him completely and you think, well, wh- what have I done in those circumstances don't know, I've never been in them but I've been in circumstances where I've had to trust God circumstances that God's ordained and I thought it was I thought it was it, it just happened out of the blue, you know we were, we were on this lake we were going, Jesus said, go on, off you go Get in the boat, off you go, on the other side. I'll, I'll see you later. And we just thought it was normal life. This is what I think happens, you know. You get a wind, you get a storm, and it's just normal. No, it's not normal. It was ordained by God to bring you to a place where you recognise who He is and what He can do for you and what He will do to you for you. I don't believe my circumstances are haphazard. I used to. But I believe Jesus Christ has ordained our circ- if we If we truly believe in him, he's ordained our circumstances, whatever they be. He might prove himself to us. We might know him in the circumstances, and you'll bring us right through. And you notice, I didn't read this when I read earlier, I <coughs> need to find my place again. Let's read on a little bit, and when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased, verse 32 and verse 33 then when that word in the ship came and worshipped him saying of a truth Thou art the Son of God and when they were gone over the sea so they've gone over their circumstances now you see that they've left the boisterous circumstances because the wind has ceased and when we allow Jesus and recognise that he's come to us in our circumstances the wind will cease I promise you the trauma will cease. But when we doubt him, maybe he's got to let us go through uh, similar circumstances again. I don't know. He says, And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. And then we know what happened then, this uh, man of a certain place, had knowledge of him and they sent out into all the country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that he might only touch the hem of his garment and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. Hallelujah. So, in in finishing, it's quite a short message really, but I think it's an important message. We recognize our circumstances are ordained of God and Jesus has come to us in them. And we must believe him. Let him into your boat. You know what I'm saying? Let him into your boat. Your boat is your life. Your boat is your circumstances. He doesn't want to walk past you. Another place, it says, he looked as though he'd go further. He looked as though he'd go further. He wants to come into your boat and your life in your circumstances and bring peace everything will cease, all the trauma, all the difficulties, all the worries, all the fear. You make them all cease. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. You've come to us, Lord. You're not a distant saviour. You've come to us in our circumstances in our difficulties right in the middle of our life where we find ourselves now today at this moment you've come to us you've come to us Lord uh, you might bring peace into our hearts and to cause everything to, to be at peace and all the boisterous things to cease, Lord, from in our hearts. You've come to us, Lord. Help us to recognise you. Help us to receive you, Lord, and to receive you into our lives, into our boat, as it were. And there, Lord, to worship you, to worship you, to worship you, because you're worthy, Lord, You're worthy, Lord, because of what you've done for us and what you do for us again and again and again when we recognise that you've come. So we thank you, Lord, for this message now. In your precious name. Amen.